generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Those at the back, give the Lord. A shout of praise. You've ever seen that? Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody, love on somebody, and be seated. I need to raise Numbers chapter 14. Let's go to Numbers 14 first, and then we'll go to the book of Hebrews next. Numbers 14, 17 to 21. Numbers 14, 17 to 21. All right, let's read the count of three to one. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned 
according to thy word. Verse 21. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the how many voices do we hear in this passage? Tell, tell me, how many voices? Sounds like, I, I don't understand why some people looking like pretty dazed. Like this third line, you guys look very perplexed. Like, did you read the text? How many voices does it sound like we have in the text? Two voices. Who's speaking first? Moses is speaking first and then who speaks next? The Lord, right? So if you go to verse 19 or rather verse 17 where Moses was speaking, he said, God, I'm begging you, let the power of my Lord be greater. According as you have spoken, verse 18, he says, this is what I wanted to do. You are long-suffering. You are of great mercy. You forgive iniquity and transgression. And by no means do you clear the guilty. You visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, third and fourth generation. This is Moses speaking. Saying, God, you're good. You're merciful. You're long-suffering. And then it says, you actually visit the iniquity but when God speaks, so he intercedes for them and said, pardon and all of that. But when God speaks in verse 20, here is what it said. It said, I have pardoned according to whose word? To Moses' word. So the power of intercession can overturn generational curses. So we all didn't get that. He didn't say, I have just forgiven because I do that, but there's an intercessor or a go-between or somebody who understands the picture of what I'm doing in the earth and who can present that picture and say, God, this is what your word says. This is what your plan is. And God doesn't go and say, you know what, I'll forgive, but I'll still punish the third and fourth generation. doesn't say that. But you know what, I'll forgive Moses, but you know, these guys will have boils. All their children will always have a big boil on their nose. What does it say? God now said, surely, verse 21, as truly as I, what's going to happen? Shebatu Zolia. It does not matter how many things hell invents. God has a personal promise to himself that the earth will be filled with the glory of God. Your life will be filled with the glory of God. Your health will be filled with the glory of God. Your family will be filled with the glory of God. Your community will be filled with the glory of God. Enoch, everything that God is going to bring out of you will carry the glory of God. This is not Moses praying, saying, God, let the earth be filled. Moses is just talking about Israel. Let the Israelites be redeemed. But God said, I'm even looking beyond Israel. Because the reason I chose Israel is that Israel will be the carrier or the container of the conduit for my glory. The reason God picked you is that God wants you to be a carrier and a conductor of his glory. And that the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. So if in your heart you see yourself traveling to nations and continents, it is not a function of ambition. It is because nations must be filled with the glory of God. And as sure 
only as water doesn't just exist but water exists as an ocean or a pond or a river or a sea there is a crucible there is a conduit every believer is a vessel of glory every believer is a carrier of glory every believer is carrying a piece of God's big picture so that everywhere you go there is a release and a deposit of the glory of God I don't know who this one is for this morning but you've been thinking about survival and God is saying there is something more than survival I want your life to be so loaded and laced with my glory that wherever you go in other words Moses was saying father just forgive their sins pardon their sins God said I'm going beyond forgiveness I'm going to fullness I won't just forgive your iniquity give you a new name and sanctification you will carry my glory you will carry my essence my weight my worth my culture my attributes and God said it's as truly as I in other words when Moses died God was still committed to this when Moses passed away God remained committed to this when Joshua died and the judges came God was still committed to this come on somebody when the kings rose God was still committed to this fast forward in 21st century oh on this day January is the 12th 2020 God is still committed to this as truly as as I leave the earth will be filled with my glory some of you have been thinking about escaping from the world escaping from your situation but the Bible says I and the children that the Lord have given me they are for signs and for wonders have I got any glory carriers have I got any glory containers have I got any glory conduits have I got any glory releases Look at somebody, give them a high five till their palms begin to bleed. Oh, that's too vicious. And tell them I carry glory. I carry glory. I carry glory. Oh, I'm going to preach somebody out of gloom this morning. Don't forget that Moses was just saying, God, protect my own people. Notice what had happened. They had gone into rebellion. And God said, you know what? I'm tired of these people. They're just, they're just so unyielding, stiff-necked. You know what a stiff-necked person is? They can't turn. You get that? It's like having a neck, neck in a brace. Anybody ever want a, a neck brace? To keep it in position. So, so they can't turn. So God says, turn right. They are so inflexible. How many of you know your personality you're stiff-necked? Oh, who knows what I'm... Who's honest? God has been telling you the same thing. Resign, 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 resign. And you, you, you remove the RE. It's just sign, 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 sign. That's all you're hearing. God has been saying, buy the camera, buy the camera, buy the camera. But you're still saying, Pastor, let me see you in camera. Let me see you in camera. Let me see you in camera. A stiff-necked people require intercessory prayers. Stiff-necked people don't require gossip. Oh, my God. Gossip doesn't re re repeal the curse or the pattern. Moses said, God, I've seen this picture. I know your picture. Look at some say, I know God's picture. I'll come to that. Can you give me the other liquid verses? I will harden first that. Can you go to, to our text, Numbers chapter 14? 
Pharaoh was an exceptional case. <laughs> exceptional case. So God did not harden the hearts of children of Israel. They hardened their hearts. That's why Hebrews says, when you hear his word, do not harden your heart. If you go to verse 18, Moses gets a picture of God. Give me quickly. A picture of God and he's speaking based on that picture. Verse 18 quickly. The Lord, you can still read it, babe. The Lord is long-suffering and slow to anger. Now, Moses is speaking to God, isn't it? Oh, come on, help me. But when you see the Lord here, think about Jehovah. Now, if I'm speaking to my wife, and my wife is angry at me, and I say, told you it's peaceful. <laughs> right. I'm speaking to you. I'm not saying you are peaceful. I'm saying told you it's peaceful. It, I, I get in this now. What am I doing? What am I doing? Help me. Pacifying. What am I, what am I also drawing attention to? To our identity and character. I'm drawing attention away from her mood and her states. To our character and her nature. Oh, come on, people. Because intercession is futile without understanding the nature of God. So I say, God, ah, God, yeah, my guy, I know you. The Lord is long-suffering. In other words, when it looks like you can't suffer those people any longer, God, you are long-suffering, oh. That's why you're able to save to the uttermost. He said, you're of great mercy. What do you do? Forgiving inequality and transgression. And by no means clearing the guilty. In other words, you're still a just God. Even though you forgive. So Moses understood the picture of God. Look at somebody say, God has a big picture. God has a big picture. You, you may be there. Thank you for now. Can you go real quick to the book of Hebrews chapter 1? And I'll please look at Hebrews chapter 1 in... Uh, in the living Bible and amplified. I want to get some things out. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's read this together. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, can I hear voices, spake in time past unto the fathers. How? By the prophets. Mm -hmm. Hath in this last day spoken unto us. How? By his son, whom he hath appointed care of all things, by whom also... So, who is the appointed heir of all things? Jesus Christ. <laughs> By whom did he make the world? By Jesus Christ. Now, if I made all things, how am I the heir of all things? What has happened to necessitate my inheritance all things? Mm -hmm. The father has given yeah, but if if it was mine in the first place, mm -hmm. <laughs> lawyers, lawyers in the house. Of course, sonship, inheritance requires sonship. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah, but for me to inherit all things, that means for a season, it was not in my possession. 
even though I own it. But for a season, it was not within my direct and full possession. Why? Because God made all things. He gave the earth to the sons of men. The heavens, even the heavens belong to God, but the earth, he has what? Given to the sons of men. And when God gave man the earth, look at somebody say the earth, the earth. is under the control of men. Don't blame God for what you see on earth. Oh, some of you struggle with that theology. Look at somebody say, don't blame God for what you see on earth. Whatever you see on earth is what man has permitted. Oh, come on, people. Some of you are struggling with this. Why is there so much suffering in the world? Man messed up. Oh, my goodness. Why is there so much pain in the world? Man messed up. Why is there so much division and crisis? Anybody ever ask that question? Man messed up. Why? Because the Bible says, let's make man in our image and let us have dominion. Is that what it said? Let who? Let them have dominion. Oh my goodness. I can see I'm heating the principality. That wall's got to come down. Let me give you an example. You know, every maybe two or three years, Nigerian police force, they give them new, brand new vehicles. You know that? Are you aware? You don't know. Two or three years, yeah. I'm not saying the policemen, the police force, they will brand it. About two or three years, they change their vehicles. Now, after two or three years, in what state do you find the vehicles? In what state? Battered, dented, scarred, marred, and all of that. Where are many of the cars made? Japan or Germany. Can we blame the Germans for the state of the cars that the policemen are driving? God made the earth but men drive the earth. So the battered state of the earth is not the manufacturer's fault. Oh my goodness. Why must he be appointed the heir of all things? Because Jesus is not just going to inherit the souls that he died for. He will inherit even the earth that has fallen. Because it's called the heir of all things. The heir of all things. Oh, I see puzzles all over your faces. <laughs> He's appointed because at the end of it all, the devil will lose. You know, we say, devil's a loser, devil's a loser, devil's a loser. But many of us don't realize how bad that loss is going to be. At the end of it all, the, the defeat of the devil will be so blatant. Even the demons that were deceived and fallen will not believe how defeated they are. And so, the death of Christ on the cross was the seal and the concentrated version of that victory. And as Christ, we're going to look at something shortly. As Christ begins to extend the influence of his kingdom by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of the believers, his glory is going to fill the earth. His glory is going to fill the earth. So he's appointed the mayor of all things by whom also, let me give another, another example. You remember when? When the devil came to Jesus and said, you know, all these kingdoms, if you bow, I will give them to you. Remember that? Yes, Did Jesus say, it's a lie. You can't give them to me. Did he say that? 
Because they were directly under the control of who? The devil. How can a celebrity bow before the altar of the devil and become a millionaire? Three months down the line. Why? Because the devil can give you stuff, right? Let me tell you all the stuff the devil can give. The body of Christ is going to get it back. Whether you believe it's going to happen pre-rapture, during rapture, or post-rapture. The Bible tells me in the book of Revelations 11 verse 15. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. Don't think about that kingdom just as a spiritual dimension. He's talking about the rulership, the government, the administration. The elements of the world will come under the control of the hand of God. Look at somebody say, I'm excited about this. If you're not excited, don't tell them that. If you're not excited, just slap somebody and say, I'm thinking about this. I'm, I'm thinking about this. I wanted to see something that says, you appointed me of all things, not heir of the church. Not heir of the saints. In fact, part of what God is going to inherit is in you. Ephesians 1. Ever since the head of your faith did not cease to pray for you. That the eyes of your understanding being many believers are stuck on that part, but they don't tell us what is enlightened to do. That you may know what the hope of his calling and what the glory of the riches of whose inheritance? The inheritance of Christ. Where? In you. Some of the things Christ will inherit are in you. There's some creative expressions in you that must come out. somebody say God has a big picture why do we worship because worship is the atmosphere for our optimal engagement with the divine why do we praise we pray we pray because prayer is communication with headquarters why do we give we give because it's our nature and it's the system of God why do we dance because joy is a force in the kingdom we're from why do we love because it's our nature and our character to love why do we gather because we come from military training to enter into new terrains when we leave this place why do we do the things we do why do we evangelize evangelism is the good news and why do we work hard because apart from the good news we have good works to do all you do in your life is to be a newscaster that's not the end of it after you cast the news on channels or cnn you go home you marry your wife you go home and take care of your kids so we share the good news but we also do some good works who am i speaking to this morning just ritual or a routine it's kingdom deployment it's christ-like engagement that's why when jesus came to the earth he didn't just come to the earth chill in the temple chill in the synagogue hang out and then when it was 30 he went to the cross to die this is how god anointed jesus of nazareth who went about doing good those oppressed of the devil. Why? Because the earth will be filled with the glory of God. As long as God's glory is not seen in the government house, I have work to do. As long as God's glory is not seen in the crack house, I have work to do. As long as God's glory is not seen in, in photography, I have work to do. Find somebody and tell him God has a big picture. Without taking the vision from the picture. That's right, 
selfish. It's that he's made him the heir of all things. Give me Hebrews chapter 1. By whom? Hebrews chapter 1. All right, verse 2. By whom also he made Jesus? Who is it talking about? Who being the what? What is brightness? What is brightness? The intensity of light. You know your, your computer screen can be on but you can't read anything. Even though it has light. But then when you keep clicking on the button, what happens? The brightness increases. You can't express Christ beyond your revelation of him. So you can have light, and then your light is not as bright as it should be. The path of just of the just is like the shining light that does what? Shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Who is Christ? Christ is the brightness of God's glory and the what's another word for express? Direct. Come on, be bold and confident. The what? Exact. Perfect. Absolute. Precise. Explicit. That means that when you see Jesus, you've seen God in a visible dimension. Oh, come on, people. And what does he do? He upholds all things by the word of his power. When he himself had purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. Now, Ephesians 2, verse 6 tells us that we're seated where? At the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. So we're seated with Christ on a throne. Who sits on a throne? A king. What do kings do? They rule, govern, administer. So after I've understood my redemption in Christ, what's my next responsibility? responsibility to sit with him is not a responsibility it's a position somebody said to sit with him sitting with him is not a responsibility sitting is a position not what you can have a sitting governor who's governing nothing come on talk to me guys so whilst you blame the politicians blame yourself because some of you are sitting with Christ but governing nothing some of y'all didn't get that if you can't say hey say ouch You're just celebrating your seat. You're taking selfies on your seat. Who is he? Are you here? Now, what do you need to rule? What was the cardinal thing you need to rule? Two major things you need to rule. Authority or? And what else? Influence. We can put that under authority and power. 
Give me another one. Not just identity, not just resources. Your rulership will unlock the resources. Wisdom. Are you here, somebody? Two major things you need to rule. Wisdom, to know how to rule, and power with which to express the wisdom. Because if I have power without wisdom, I will powerfully display ignorance. If I have wisdom without power, I will know what to do, but have no wherewithal to express it. So 1 Corinthians says that Christ has been made unto us what? The wisdom and the power of God. Now, why did he say to them in the book of Acts chapter 1, don't go into the world yet. He said, wait until the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, shall receive what? Power. Because you can't be an effective king without power. So you can rule effectively as a believer without the Holy Spirit. That's why I say you should wait for the investiture, the coronation, the anointing or the anointment. Come on. How were kings marked out in the Old Testament? With oil. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The oil of God upon your life determines the capacity of your rulership. The oil of God upon your life determines how well you can rule. That's why when it speaks about Jesus going about doing good, it said how God anointed him. Don't go anywhere. It said you shall receive the promise of the Father. He said when he's pointed out saying, sat on the majesty on high. Please, can you give it to me in the book of Amplified? In the, in the version of Amplified, help me. Quickly, from verse 1. Listen. Yes, Hebrews. In many separate revelations. In different bodies of revelation. Each of which set for the portion of the truth. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, God spoke of God's God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. Yes. But in the last of these days, he has spoken in to us. In the last of these days, or in the last days. He has spoken to us in the person of his son. He has spoken to us in the person of his son. Whom okay. he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. He's the heir and the lawful owner. Look at somebody say the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Do you remember that Jesus, one time he needed a, a colt and asked a donkey and sent people to go and take it and said, if anybody shall ask you, what should you say? The master hath need of this. When you really understand this dimension, you will not worry about whether you have a car or not. You will always have transportation when you need it. Because your master is the lawful owner of how many things? How many things? When we say all things, some of you don't get it. But can I say, does he own the cattle on the thousand hills? Does he own the hills themselves? Does he own the flowers? The sunflower, the daffodils? Does he own the roses, the thorn bushes? Does he own them? Does he own the castles that you can see? Does he own the wisdom that is yet to be distilled? Does he own all of that? It's the lawful owner of all things. That means that if that thing is currently under the hand of the enemy because man lost dominion to the devil, the devil is an illegal possessor. Illegal. Illegal. And many of us will struggle to grasp this and it will take us that long to operate from the throne. 
many of us are so comfortable clinging to the old rugged, rugged cross that we forget that even Jesus didn't stay on the cross. Don't, don't get us wrong, the cross is powerful, the cross is strong, we're going to do a, a series of teachings on sanctification and justification and substitution. In March, we're going to do a whole series on that. But do you know what? Jesus did not even stay on the cross. Someone said that's true. Isn't that true? He didn't stay on the cross. So I cherish the old rugged cross. It's okay. It's okay. If you want to, it's okay. But beyond cherishing the cross, cherish the Christ. And I said Christ not on the cross. Christ in you. Christ, there are certain things God is hoping for. That's why I said the hope of his calling. It is finished does not mean you are finished. It is finished so that you can start. It is finished so that you can become like Adam was in the garden before the fall. He says to whom God can you, can you help me? Also by and through whom he created the world. Can you be more convincing and I don't know what's going on? Like also by and through whom he created the worlds and the also riches of space. By and, and who through whom, for whom through whom he created the worlds mm -hmm. and the riches of space and, and the, the ages of time. Of what? Now this is why I wanted to read Amplify, because when you read KJV, he said it made the world. So some people don't understand what worlds is talking about. He's not just talking about spiritual world. He's saying that the riches of space. Can I propose to you? And I'll get there shortly. Astrology and astronomy are subsets of Christ. That's why it's called the bright and morning star. But when you don't see the big picture of the star, you'll be running after men to show you your star. He is greater than the entirety of geology. That's why it's called the rock. But when you don't see him as the rock, you will keep banging your head trying to meet the rock, the celebrity. Not knowing that the rock needs the rock that you carry on the inside of you for him to truly rock. Many believers, we've not seen the big picture. Look at somebody say, God has a big picture. The riches of space. What do you have in space? You have stars space. and burning gases. What do you have in space? You have heat waves and patterns that science has not discovered. What do you have in space? Antenna and satellites are put in space. And somebody is wondering, well, all I want to do is to go to heaven. But do you know the iPad you are reading is a slice of divine creativity. Somebody caught the droplets of rain. But you're going to invent things that will revolutionize discipleship and evangelism. The best of God has not been released in the earth. And you can't just dance and press around. Do you know there are sounds and melodies and songs and colors and instruments and things that God wants to release. And is just waiting for somebody who can see the big picture. Slap somebody a high five and say, I'm seeing the big picture. Give me, give me some more. And the ages of time. 
So he says he made the riches of space and also the ages of time. So Christ is the calibrator of times and seasons. Is the ruler by which God measures out what will not happen for too long. The contours of civilization are sculptured by the wisdom of Christ. Solomon didn't place Christ to it, but he called him wisdom. He said, I am wisdom. By me, kings rule. He said, I am wisdom. By me, the heavens were stretched out and the foundations of the earth were laid. That's exactly what Hebrews is saying. And Hebrews 11 says, we understand by faith that the walls were what? Framed. Does anybody have a frame? I know some ladies have frames in there. You have all things in there. You have a frame? You can have a frame. Come on. Anybody? Mirror frame? Anything that has a frame? Come on, but proud of your possessions. Frame? Or just go and bring it from the car. Anybody with a frame? I know what Mel, you have frames. Yeah. This is the frame. He said, by Christ, the ages of time were framed. What does it mean to have a frame? This is a frame. Definition. Without Christ, your times have no definition. You're like a splash of water spilling out everywhere. Scattered. But Christ is the defining parameter. Christ is the frame. Christ is the boundary. Christ is the border. But let me tell you something. When you operate in the boundaries of Christ, you experience true freedom. Uh-huh. Give us some more. He made, produced, he built, made, operated, and arranged them in order. order. Take it easy. He made, made. he produced, produced. he built, built. He operated, operated, Shabokaya, and arranged them in order. And what did he do? Arranged them in order. So when you check the timelines of history, when God placed Adam in the garden, he had already seen the last Adam in a different garden. First Adam was the garden of Eden, last Adam was in the garden of Gethsemane. God didn't just say, oh, chaos everywhere. Why does the word say the Lamb of God who was slain from before? The foundations of the world. That means God looked at the ages of time. God looked at the dispensations of time. And he knew exactly what should come when. That's why Joseph was not placed in the garden. Because Joseph is to interpret dreams. Or Baker in the garden. So Joseph, you're not coming in the beginning. You're gonna come hundreds of years later. Come on. Because Christ didn't just make or produce, he arranged, he arranged it, he ordered it. That's why he even says the steps of a righteous man, they are when you look at your life without the big picture, it's going to look like chaos. But when you look at your life in light of God's picture, you can understand what God is doing. You can understand it. Uh-huh. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. He said Christ is not only the exact, he's the only expression. Jesus doesn't say, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. He says, I am the way, the way. I am the truth. the truth, and I am the life. The, life. Uh -huh. the light being, 
the outer rain or the radiance of the divine. Watch this. He calls God the light being. God is light. <laughs> I might explain this better in second service. But you know, photography is photography. Graphe is to draw. From which you have graphic. Draw. Photo is light. So photography means to draw with light. So you, t am I right? Am I right? So when you draw with light, what do you have? A picture. When you draw with light, when you draw without light, what do you have? Doodoo. Scribble. Scratches. Dots. If your life looks like a failed project of art, try to find out, am I drawing with the light of God? He is the light being. In other words, you can't draw anything meaningful without the light. Oh, more of you are sober this morning. I wonder why. You ought to be excited. Except you're not in the light too. Maybe we should do a pew check. Who's in the light? Mm -hmm. He's the spot. The soul expression, give me, give me, give me. The soul expression of the mm -hmm. glory of God, the yeah. light being the out rain or radiance of the divine. The out rain of the radiance of the divine. And he is the Christ, listen, okay. Christ is not a religious figure. Yes, sir. Christ is the visible expression of the only true God. Yes, sir. And as long as you see Christ as a religious figure, you will call him for religious things. You worship him religiously. But when you know Christ is the embodiment of God's wisdom, when there is any issue in your body or your marriage or your finances, the first thing is not to call your accountant or your doctor or your lawyer. But Christ is not just a teacher or a rabbi. He's the visible expression of the invisible God. You carry him with dignity and the Long the whole world has ended. You are carrying the hope of the world. And the devil doesn't want it to know. He wants you to think that Christ is just something you dance around. Tracks that you share. It's just a two, two steps. Of everything you has to Outside of Christ, God has nothing to offer. I will show you more. Outside of God can't give you anything outside of Christ. Anything is going to give you is inside of Christ because by Him were how many things made? All things, All things made. He's the outrain, the beams of the invisible God. And He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. And He is the perfect. Perfect, perfect, original imprint of the invisible God. Perfect, perfect. To behold Christ is to behold perfection. 
Christ is not a wisp of smoke. He's not goose bumps. A bad shaving stick can give you that. His perfection. I hope somebody's mind is stretching. I hope somebody's seen beyond Sunday. Because let me tell you what, when God made man the first day, second day, third day, he didn't number the days. So watch this. Sundays are not supposed to be more spiritual than Wednesdays. Because in every one of the days, God walked. So every day of your life should see the outworking of the glory of Christ. Oh my goodness. Some of you are addicted to spontaneous worship or ministering in the Holy Ghost and all of that. And that stuff is good, man. But it can become spiritual cocaine. And, I, and I'll show you. From, help me. He's the perfect, perfect imprint. imprint and very image of God's nature. Very image of God's nature. Uh-huh. Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. What is it doing? One after the other. Upholding. Upholding. Listen, Christ upholds the galaxies. Oh, some of you are not, you're not getting there. What's the magnetic force that keeps the stars from crashing into each other? Science is a tiny slice of the infinite wisdom of Christ. Art is a tiny slice. Music, tiny slice. Fashion. What I'm trying to provoke you to do is that instead of you running after the trends in the world, go into Christ to find what the world run after. And some of you will struggle with that. You know why? Because you're not willing, quote unquote, to pay the price that it requires to mine the treasure that Christ is. But people of the world are willing to go into a a bush to go and download lyrics from demons. You you get that? They smoke weed when, I I don't want to mention his name, one, one of the hottest Nigerian brands, hottest Nigerian music brands now. The guy with the boy. He was in a bar, I can't remember the name of the song. He was in a bar when somebody had put together a beat in the club. He said it was high. He was in between walls. And then he just started throwing some bars to the song. Now many of us, because we're in Christ, we come as Christ as consumers. Not co-creators. So we are always used to the finished product. Not to be partners in producing. When it says Christ in you, the hope of glory, eschatologically what it's saying is that because Christ is in you, your body, your physical body will be glorified. But what is also true is that the spirit of glory dwells in you. That means even your mind can be opened. What are the two things you need to rule? And we said what? Wisdom and power. Do you know the one you go to Isaiah 11 and says there come a branch from the stem of Jesus and it said the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Seven spirits can be divided into power and into wisdom. Might, that's power. Power, that's power. The power of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The two things the Holy Ghost administers in your life is power The 
it somebody say can you see it can you see it many people think the holy spirit is the force that makes you fall a bad chair can do that for you the question is after you fall what are you rising with listen every time you are you get slain you must either have a clearer picture of the big picture it will come as a vision an image or power say a bataya your body you are a gymnast but when you fall Then demons will begin to tremble. He said, and you shall. After the Holy Ghost is. You shall be witnesses. A witness is a proof producer. The only way to be a witness to light is to be light yourself. That's why you have all the pictures in the Old Testament. Why would God say put oil in the lamps for the light? What's oil? Anointing. What's light? Revelation or the manifestation of Christ. The anointing of God upon your life is not just for display drama and calisthenics. It's for the glory of Christ to be seen. He said, whom you have not seen yet love. Because you're carrying the light on the inside of you. High five somebody around you and say you Carry the spirit of glory. Oh, Shabbatas. We ought to be excited about this. Yeah, carry the spirit of glory. I carry the spirit of glory. I carry the spirit of glory. I carry the spirit of glory. Spirit of glory. One of the ways spirits are released by words. That's why you say it back. Because even when God wanted to release the power of the spirit, he spoke. By the way, when God paints pictures, he does not use paint brushes. He uses his word. Because if it says Christ is the picture of God, we also know that Christ is the what? Word of God. So what's the word of God? The word is the picture of God. Are you seeing that now? And most of us were thinking pictures. So if I say a black dog, did you just see one now? Yeah. Most of you did. Black and white dog, did you just see one now? Yeah. A white jet, did you just see one now? Yeah. So when God is speaking to you, God is painting pictures. Yeah. The Holy Spirit said, In the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And what will happen? What will happen? Your old men will. Do you dream in text? Who dreams in text? So you're not getting what I'm saying. Do you dream in text? One one zero zero two two. You dream. You dreaming? Angels. So the Holy Spirit coming upon you, He opens your eyes to be able to see. That's why the Bible says, "Once has it been sacrificed of I heard, but He also says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding should be enlightened, so that you hear with your ears." God now shows us pictures to your eyes because most people don't move 
just based on match. Move based on match there. Picture to move. Picture to move. That's why Stephen, when he was being stoned, the Bible says that he fell on his knees and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they did. Well, he said, I see the Son of God and the hand of majesty. When you see where you are seated, you're not afraid to Understanding this message will make you dangerous. Yes, sir. If you're willing to flow with the revelation. Who are casual, yeah. common, yes, normal, yes, predictable. Yes, Everything that makes people angry makes you angry. Yeah. When the economy is bad, your economy is bad. Yeah. When things are going on well, things are. Don't you know that you see another picture? <laughs> Can you see that? I'm looking for a landing place in this service because I didn't go. Don't you see another place? Another picture? John chapter 3. Let's go there. Go to verse 12 in John chapter 3 because many people, if you're standing or remain standing, so I'll be encouraged to close. <laughs> John 3. Many people, they just go all the way to John 3, 16. What does it say? Tell me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, whosoever. But what does he say from verse 12? He said, if I have told you earthly things and you don't believe it, how shall you believe if I tell you now, many believers, they now believe heavenly things, but they don't believe earthly things. So, you believe God can save your soul, but not your body. You believe God can save, give you a new name, but not change your bank account. You believe God can give you ideas, but you don't believe that in the job where you are, you can unlock a spark of creativity that changes the entire industry. He said, if I've told you earthly things, meanwhile, Jesus did the reverse. He did earthly things to prove that this government is superior. He now did heavenly things. Now that we're in the heavenly things and we're on earth, we ought to be conduits and carriers of that kingdom in everything. So somebody is sick beside you. They say, hey, administer the kingdom. The doctor does not monitor the, the patient to ensure the drug works. Why are you supervising the prayer you prayed for the sick? Pray and go. It is your job to pray. It is their job to get well. If I tell you have all the things, you won't believe in verse 13. Quickly, please. And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is... Ah, Who's speaking in John 3? Jesus is speaking to who? Nicodemus. He's saying any vision of God people had in the past is photocopy. <laughs> he said, no man has seen God at any time. The only son of God, he had made him known. He said, nobody has ascended to heaven. The only person that ascended to heaven is who? The son of man. Who's son of man? Jesus. Where is he speaking this word? On earth. What does he say about himself? Hey, Yaba. Tetukali. Edubada. Zidoba. John, Jesus was saying, I'm on earth. But where am I? I'm still in heaven. Are you understanding this? Are you understanding this? I'm on earth. Now, let's use weak technology. Are there people who are in skate right now via live stream? Technology of man. So why do you forget where you are seated? Listen, believer. 
it does not matter where you are standing if you forget where you're seated. So you'll miss that. You are in heaven, baby! Is that even the Son of Man which is in heaven? Give me verse 14. Hang with me. Hang with me. I'm almost done. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must. Somebody say must. I needed to understand what God did. Somebody shall must. Somebody shall must.
serpent up. And he didn't say because the serpent is there, people will be healed. He said, anybody who looks, your eyes are important in what you become in your life. That's why the enemy has attacked so many people with their eyes. Just to show you in the second service, and also pictures of our new space and how what the work going on is like. Christ is that picture. Theology is an aspect of Christ, geology is a subset of Christ. He is the boundary, the definer, the holistic container. Can you do it in one more minute? Some of you, you need a picture. You have lost the picture. That's why your life is strained. That's why you are stressed because you can't see any picture. And let me tell you, watch this. The snake, please listen. The snake could have still been biting the people who were looking at the picture. But as long as we're looking at the picture, the bite couldn't work. Because God's picture is an anti-venom. Some of you are not saying that. The devil wants to destroy you, he rubs your vision. A man who is visionless will be reckless. That's why, ladies, before you get married, ask very well what is your vision. Ask in different ways, not what's your job. Because your job can change, but your vision is supposed to be one. It's different spectrums of you. Might not see the big picture, but you need to see enough for me to follow you. Think about all the times you went into sin or error or depression 
was no one was attacking you it was your focus you lost the picture you lost the picture Elijah said to Elisha when you see me if you see me impartation will come Vision, pictures I'll show you in the second service pictures have power picture can rob you of power are you understanding that Ezekiel saw Christ and he fell on his face John saw him his bells was burnished bronze fire came in coming out of his eyes his words were like the sound of waters and it fell on his face why because the power of God will cause the power of your man humanity to vaporize so that you can be empty to receive what is given can you pray in 30 seconds Lord restore of Zion the beauty of Christ so men who are seen with us the name of Jesus restore God the beauty he is the outrain the outward manifestation when you walk in Christ you will see something you will see you will see you will hear China do you know the their creative designs of Christ, fashion. Woo. The same way you can look at somebody who's not well clad and feel sad. God can give you a design that makes people happy. The grace favor chant, the song. People send me DMs every week. Different people. They're like, I just saw this video. I don't know why, but I'm happy. I'm happy. Muslims, some of them are Muslims. So I just like this video. There is a beauty, there is a beauty in Christ. That when we lose ourselves, Shell Williams, the Lord can put something on your work. There's a picture. Pictures. Felix, receive those pictures. 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 Visual outlines. At the age of 17. God showed me.
rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.